You're listening to the Paperback Podcast, the go-to podcast for aspiring and ambitious authors wanting to learn about all the things book writing, publishing, marketing, and more. I'm your host, Pagan Malcolm, and I'm a business coach specializing in helping authors to understand the business side of publishing and create a lifestyle that supports your authorly goals. If you're tired of struggling on your author journey, done with the rules of the industry, and you're ready to do things your way, then stick around because in this space, we are all about taking the unconventional, wildly successful, and fully aligned path to help you achieve success in authorship. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Paperback Podcast. I have a rant for you today. I am going to go on a rant, and I apologize in advance because it's not going to be a very nice one, and I feel like, okay, let me wind back. I'm not going to be nasty, but I feel like a lot of romance authors in particular are going to come at me after this episode, so just permission Yes, you can do that, of course. Like it's it, it's I'm just sharing opinions in this um in this episode. You're entitled to your opinions. Um but I wanted to to record this episode to to vent some frustrations to just talk about my situation a bit, but also just because I, I th- there's an observation I've made and I just want it to be known because I feel like it's important at, for you as an author to understand this. Um And then what you decide to do with the information is totally up to you. And I do want to acknowledge that, um, like, I know that I do things a certain way. So I know that I advocate for going wide with your book publishing strategy. And if you don't want to do things that way, if you want to be exclusive to Amazon, um, go to Kindle select route, that is totally fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You pick the strategy that is best for your books and your vision as a business owner and never apologize for it, right? I'm never going to be like, how dare you go down this exclusive route? Uh, Especially like the reason I'm going to record this episode, like, yes, I think this is important for authors to understand when they're deciding on their book decisions, like, and how their book gets purchased. But ultimately I'm recording this episode because I'm frustrated as a reader. (laughs) Just like, just like a total disclaimer, I'm frustrated as a reader. So this really has less to do with like your business and more to do with me being frustrated as a reader, but I still want to make this observation because I think it's just helpful to know about. So I know I'm being super vague. I want to like, just put it out there. What the heck I'm on about today. Um, I'm going to talk to you guys about why you should go wide. Uh, (laughs) and like, I know I'm like putting this on you. I'm not saying you have to go wide. I'm just going to talk about why you should go wide. I'm just going to talk about why I go wide and why I think this is a good strategy, especially because my course literally teaches this. My course, it is what makes it different to a lot of other courses. It is what I see big five authors doing. I help authors show up like they are big five authors. I help them to treat their brands seriously, to get an international reader base, um, and to just like, build this longevity for their books. So this is just all stuff that I really advocate for. And if you aren't on board with it, that's totally cool. Um, I'm not here to change anyone's opinions. I'm just here to share my opinions. And if you resonate with my opinions and you like what I do and you want to work with me because of that, cool. So anyway, now that that's (laughs) out of the way, um, I'm going to circle back to see you have context as to how this all came about, right? Um, So 
I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I don't remember at this point um, because I've been tempted too many times and I'm not sure if I ever got around to it. But basically, um, back in... Uh, it was back in December now. It's been such a long time. <laughs> uh, so back in December on Christmas, um, if you didn't, if you missed this, I got hacked. Um, so I got, my Amazon account got hacked uh, and all my bank accounts got drained on Christmas Eve and I lost all my money that I'd made that year from my business. I lost um access to my account shortly after that because I had to obviously the bank was like whoa there's some shady stuff going on and they put pause on everything and then Amazon got involved because they had to get in touch and Amazon was like we're going to close your account as a safety measure and like look I appreciate that they did this up front I was like cool I love that you were taking precautions that you didn't take in the first place to protect my account now and I look forward to you opening it back up the whole issue that has been going on for quite some time. So I'm recording this in March of 2022. It is the 21st of March. And so it has happened almost three months ago now, right? And I have yet to get this account back. (laughs) You've probably heard me talk about this a few times. I have been incredibly frustrated because when they close your consumer account with Amazon, they also close your author account on Amazon, which means I lost access to five years worth of work with my author brand, my old one. Um, not everywhere, because like I said, I am ex- I am wide. I go wide with my books. So I did not lose access to all of my royalties, thank freaking goodness. And this is another big reason why I'm going to hammer it home today. But like, I did lose access to all the author royalties through Amazon, right? So I could have made God knows what, how many royalties there, right? I have no fucking idea how many royalties I'm missing there. Um, I just know that they have been withholding it for three months. So I've lost three months of income there, which kind of sucks. Um, coming back to my point though. So this happened and I have been relentlessly trying to get this account back, emailing, following up, getting lawyers involved, filing reports with Australian consumer branches about Amazon doing this to me because... Like, it's just frustrating because I'm going to go on a rant. I'm sorry. I'm going to, it's frustrating because I, what happened is they, like, I got hacked through their system, through their account. I lost all of my money because they didn't have a security measure in place for this. And then their response to me losing all of my money was to take away access to more of my money, was to literally close off access to one of my income streams, which I just find so ironic and so frustrating at the same time. And then I just like, I just kept putting this out to them to be like, this does not look good for you guys. Like I... I have been so patient. This ca- this this case is well and t- truly close. The bank resolved this within two weeks. They were so good about it. They were super communicative to me about it. They confirmed for me many times that the the case has indeed been resolved and the money was refunded to me, which it was. Um, this whole thing happened where Amazon wanted me to pay for the fraudulent transactions that I didn't approve twice. They tried to get me to pay for them twice. And I was like, um, sorry, sirs, I do not want to pay for these transactions at all, let alone twice. And they kind of like started to withhold my account from me because I refused to pay the money that I didn't authorize in the first place. And also I didn't have, like I, they literally drained my accounts to the point that they were overdrawn. So I didn't even have this money to begin with, let alone more money to give them. Um, and I just found the, so, the whole thing so funny, but also not funny. 
And so here we are three months later. I'm still trying to get these these accounts back. I'm still trying to convince them the whole thing is resolved and that I should have access to my accounts again, as promised by them. Um, I have not been able to escalate this any further and it's just been incredibly frustrating. So that's where I'm at. That's like a really long side rant as to what I've been dealing with over the past three months. So um, my whole point around that is don't put all your eggs in one basket because if you are a KDP exclusive author, if you are making all of your income through one income stream, if you are relying on Kindle Select to make your books, uh, to make your book sales, it literally takes one hack and you can lose all of it for up to three months, probably longer. I still don't know when I'm going to get this account back. I might be here a year later telling you I still don't have access to this account. But what I've noticed as well in the whole time that this has happened, I like since it happened to me, I have seen at least three other people be affected by Amazon in some way and have their accounts closed or taken access away. So I noticed um, one girl found me when I posted it on Instagram. She found me and she was like, this thing happened to me. And she told me about it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, I didn't get my account back for six months. And I was like, six freaking months. And that was when it had been like two weeks at that point. And I was like, I cannot imagine not getting it back for six freaking months. And here we are three months later. But like, that is a very real thing that has happened to people. I then was sent a video by someone who does it happen to in their release week. This also happened to me in my release week, just for reference. It was not fun. But imagine putting all this time and energy and money into a book launch only for your account to disappear during release week and all those pre-orders to just go out the window and you don't know what's happened to them. You don't know if people can buy the book. That's literally what happened to me. It is what happened to this person. And she was having a total freak out because Amazon had deleted her account for some reason. She could not figure it out. Um, Then they came back with all this stuff and she got it back. She actually got it back very quickly. But the same thing happened. And it's it's a very stressful thing to happen in your release week. Um, I was stressed in my release week. I actually cancelled my events that week because there was more than just this going on in that week. There was a lot of things falling apart in that week. So this was like just one thing. I probably would have been able to handle it if it had just been this one thing. But that's a story I'm getting off track. I um, ended up not freaking out as much as I probably would have because, like I said, I had income coming in through other income streams. And I had pre-orders through other income streams. So even though I knew I was going to potentially lose all those royalties through Amazon, I did not lose the royalties through everywhere else, right? And so that was just um, really, really grateful. (laughs) I was really grateful for that, but it was just like really helpful to know that all my work didn't just go out the window because I got hacked once, right? So that was the second person that I know of that it happened to. A third person is actually in my group program. And of course, I'm going to keep the details very confidential here. I'm not actually going to go into this very much. But what I'm saying is that this is a third person that this has happened to who came to be freaking out on a group call because her account got deleted, all of her work that she'd been putting into her book launches, just gone. She had to start again. Um, and it was a whole thing, right? And so like the, right off the bat, those are three people that I have encountered in the past three months alone that this has happened to that I know of. There could be so many more. This could keep happening for who knows how long. And it's just like, it's just really eye-opening. And I think we often think, oh, this stuff just won't happen to us. You know, this stuff can't happen to us. We 
look at people who their Instagram accounts get hacked or their ad accounts on Facebook get blocked and we think, oh, you know, this stuff happens, but it's not going to happen to us. The thing is, it can happen to us at any given time. It's very, very possible. I'm not even trying to instill it as a fear. I'm just pointing it out as fact. And it's happened to me, right? And so all of this has taught me the importance of having my eggs in more than one basket, which thankfully I have always done. Since day one, I've always treated my books like a business, like I'm an international author. I expect that I would make sales in multiple countries from multiple platforms and therefore have taken the measures to be available on multiple platforms, right? Um, But here's where I want to flip it. This is actually why I'm recording this episode. That was just a really long intro um, as to what has been going on. But as a reader, as a consumer, this has also really impacted me, right? So I did not realize this until this happened to me, but I um, have been finding it so hard to find books. <laughs> so I am a huge ebook reader. I, because I live in regional Australia where our closest bookshop is Big W and they literally have one line of shelves in our bookstore that's maybe the size of my of a wall in my bedroom like it's really not that long it's not that big it's not a huge slight chain none of the popular new books are there so all if I want to find good books that are in my reading taste I either have to order them online and then wait for weeks and weeks and weeks for Australia's postal service to get them to me which no thank you I'm not going to do that and I have to pay so much more because the book pricing here is also inflated because it's Australia um or I can order the ebooks online. I don't mind paying full price for a book. I very happily pay for ebooks. I love paying for ebooks. I and I love paying for paperback books when I go to a bookstore and I can actually buy them and they're there, you know. But it's the ordering and then the shipping and that gets me. So I don't love to buy paperback books. I also just don't generally love to read paperback books. I've just like I find it uncomfortable to hold a physical book. I don't know why I'm really opposite to people in that way, but I just prefer to have a book on my phone that I can just read in bed and I don't have to hold it and and try to angle the lighting and all kinds of things, right? So that's just me. I love having an ebook. I also love an audiobook. When I lost my access to Amazon, not only did I lose all the books I was currently reading, all the books I had purchased over the past five years, which I'm very upset about because that's at least $1,500 worth of books, um, but I I, I, you know, I lost access to my Audible. I lost access to my ebook. And, and, and the app doesn't let you log in when you don't have an Amazon account. So you, you literally can't log in. You can't access anything that you've purchased, any digital content that you're entitled to. You don't have any of it. And... I then had to find an alternative platform in this whole three months that I could read books because I wasn't just going to stop reading books. And I first kind of got into this when I started writing my sequel again. And I was like, okay, I really need a craft book. I was looking for a particular kind of craft book relating to romance to kind of just help me get back into it. I wanted to read something and I couldn't find a single freaking craft book that I could buy outside of Amazon. It was so frustrating. I went from like recommendation to recommendation to recommendation. And after like 10, I just couldn't find anything. And I tried searching in the Kobo app and in the Play Store app, and I just couldn't find anything. It was so infuriating. And then I thought, I hope this is not going to be like this with the fiction books. And oh boy, was I wrong. It is like this with the fiction books. Basically, every single book that I wanted to buy and read like the majority of them with like very select few that I've just luckily been able to find and pick up are only available on Amazon. 
where even if you want to buy the paperback version, it's only available on Amazon and you still need an Amazon account to buy the paperback version. And if you want the the audiobook version, it's Audible exclusive. And it's just incredibly infuriating. I can say with absolute confidence that at least 20 authors have lost sales from me since January because I have not been able to buy their books outside of Amazon, literally on any platform I can ever find. Like I, I like having a preferred platform where all the books are in one place, but I will go the effort to download different apps to get access to an ebook if I have to. And even while doing that, I could not buy these books. And that is just incredibly frustrating to me as a consumer. I shouldn't have to do that as a consumer. I shouldn't have to go out of my way and try to find a way to purchase your book. You have to make it easy for people to buy books from you. Make it easy for people to pay you. I just could not believe how many books are not available through other platforms. And especially like some books are only like they're available in other platforms, but not in Australia for whatever reason, but they are available in Australia through Amazon. And I just find that wild because it's an ebook. It's a digital piece of content. I don't understand why it would be different. Um, so I just found that very, very weird. But anyway, I like I literally cannot even exaggerate how many books I have not been able to get my hands on and how incredibly frustrating that has been as a consumer. Raise your hand if you've ever launched a book to an audience of absolute crickets, even while investing a lot of time, energy, and money into your book. Struggled to balance the writing, launching, and marketing process? Felt completely overwhelmed trying to learn and implement all of the publishing and launch steps? Felt like publishing is a lot of work for very little payoff and have considered throwing in the towel? Or even felt extremely limited in your time, energy, and budget, which has made it difficult to maintain rapid release momentum with your books? Instead, what if you could create a book launch timeline that doesn't lead to burnout and overwhelm and actually sets you up for sustainable growth and income? What if you knew exactly what publishing and marketing stats to take every single stage of your book launch? What if you could understand exactly what actions lead to book sales and uncover why your book maybe hasn't sold in the past? And you could get the lowdown on the exact marketing actions that you can be implementing to drive more sales on release day. Well, not only are my clients doing this, but for years, they've been creating amazing results, such as hitting their pre-order goals before their book ever even hits shelves, tripling their results from previous under 100 book sale launches, cultivating better reader relationships that are a joy to maintain and grow, going from completely unknown to landing publicity, interviews, and securing pre-orders, selling out in bookstores, and having books on reserve before the next batch even arrives, leaving their jobs and creating more writing time in a single year, and releasing a best-selling debut novel in just six months. The reason my clients are able to get these amazing results is because they know how to fully execute a start-to-finish launch strategy that works and seamlessly blends the essential publishing and marketing steps, which means there's no more second-guessing or trying to integrate steps and pivoting strategies 24-7. They have the accountability, tools, and support to set strategic launch goals that make sense for where they're at and hit them consistently. They know how to leverage their launches to build up momentum and hype so that their books sell like hotcakes on release date and beyond. And they know how to create a spacious launch schedule that allows for the best use of their time, energy, and budget while still maintaining momentum for new releases. 
And I'm 100% certain that if you join us for the five-day book launch challenge, start implementing my signature launch strategy for yourself and take this rare opportunity to be guided through your entire book launch process for free, your book launches will completely transform as well. In this challenge, I'm walking you through how to self-publish and launch your book using my signature launch process so that your book gets seen, generates hype, and cultivates more sales on release date and beyond. For a limited time, this is completely free to register for and the link is in the show notes below, but I will say that this challenge is so jam-packed and juicy that I am 100% planning on charging for this in the near future. So get your butt registered in Inside Now while it's still free. And so this is my observation that I want to put out to you that if your books aren't selling and you're kind of wondering, oh, you know, maybe it's the price and I need to lower the price or maybe it's the description or maybe it's the cover. I mean, yeah, sure, it could be the description or the cover, right? Definitely check those things. But if you're thinking, oh, you know, I need to change something and I'm thinking those other things I'm going to change, consider that perhaps it's actually the fact that your book is not accessible enough, that you are not making it easy for people to pay you and they absolutely do want to pay you and they cannot, for the life of them, get their hands on your book. Okay, so like this is just my thing because I know a lot of people are exclusive to Kindle Select or just to Amazon in general, or they only think to go through that platform and then they make it really difficult for people to pay them. And they're missing out on so many book sales by not being through other distributors, right? And the thing is, it doesn't have to be difficult. Like I I uploaded my eBooks, or at least I did before this happened, I uploaded my eBooks to Amazon and then I would do the rest through draft to digital And yes, I would lose a bit of my royalty through draft to digital but it meant that my book was available in as many different retailers as possible by going through them and I only had to upload once. So it saved me time and it means I make more sales. And I actually wrote down the numbers for you because I want to prove this shit, right? So I got the numbers. Again, we're in March. So my books have been out. Um, my first one came out in January 5th of this year for Tara Quinn. The second one came out on February 14th. And I'm not counting sales for any of my previous books because I can't access those numbers because I lost my Amazon account, right? Um, so I can't access those numbers right now. And besides, I make most of the sales through physical bookstores anyway. But um, for Tara Quinn, I so thankfully thought to create uh, a pen name Amazon account for that. So I do have a separate Amazon account with Tara Quinn. I just don't want to be making purchases through there because I don't want the bank to think that I'm, I've been hacked a second time. So I'm choosing not to make purchases through there, but it's like incredibly tempting. Um, but I am making many, money through there because that's where my books are currently set up under that pen name specifically. So here is all the numbers that I gathered, right? So through Amazon for the Tara Quinn books, I have made nine sales so far, right? And if you look at all the individual retailers, except for one, that's actually the highest number, except when you put them all together. So for Amazon, through eBooks, I have made nine sales through Amazon. Through Ingram Spark, which is all the physical books, and I think most of these would come from Amazon too, but I'm, I'm really not sure which physical distributors people are buying from. So this could be, you know, it could be Barnes & Noble, it could be Dimmix, it could be anything. I really don't know. All I know is that I've made 20 sales through that so far. So physical books, 20, Amazon, 9. And then I looked at all the other little distributors that I have possibly made sales from, uh, that I've made sales from since January. Um, and I have these numbers here. So for, for Apple, I've made six sales. Through um, 
Borrow Box, I have made five sales. Through Overdrive, I have made two sales. Through Kobo, I have made one sale. And through Biblia, oh, I can't even pronounce this one. Biblia, Bibliothica, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Anyway, that weird one, um, I have made nine sales. So that matches Amazon, right? But when you look at all the other distributors combined compared to Amazon, that's 23 sales. And that is 23 sales that I would have lost if I was Amazon exclusive guaranteed. And and like that is the majority of my sales right there. And so like and and that's like I marketed myself really strategically through my Instagram and you know my strategy to get my book launched and everything to make sure it was going to sell. I know that I have a wide audience and I know that like pretty much all these people could have chosen to go through Amazon if they wanted to. That's always been one of the main links I use in my marketing. These people are choosing to go through their preferred distributor on their on their phone or their Kindle or whatever, just like I do, to find the book with ease and they're able to buy it with ease. Like literally the fact that they're able to look it up in their preferred app and find it and buy it immediately makes such a difference. And they don't have to download five different apps to see where it's available. They don't have to see if they can only get the audible that they only get the audiobook version or they can only get a hardcover version or whatever it is, right? Like all these different obstacles that you create for your consumers, they are not there with my books. And that's why my books are selling. <laughs> and so I just, yeah, I wanted to record this episode because I think it's important to bring this to people's attention. And yes, I know, I just want to acknowledge this. I know that if you are, you know, Amazon exclusive and you're making like consistent thousand dollar months with it and you're you know you're you're making the consistent income you're getting a lot of sales and it's working out for you and majority wise it's just working better than going wide that is totally fine I am very very happy for you um and I think like again you have to make the best decision for you but I would also consider you know if people are buying through Amazon and they are aware of you because you have established a brand and you do have an Instagram presence and you do market yourself well just consider how many sales you are probably missing by not being on other on other platforms and distributors at that point. Like even some of the romance authors that I know of that I just find through Google search or on Goodreads or I follow on Instagram that I would actually love to read their books. Like even in this time, I was just linking up those authors and I was looking them up and finding that they were exclusive to Amazon and I couldn't buy from them. And it was a real disappointment because it was like, well, I would love to buy from them, but I can't right now. And I know that like the majority of people in the world are not going to have the issue I'm having right now. They're not going to not have access to an Amazon account. Um, and so they are probably very willing to make one or get access to one to buy their books. And, you know, that's totally fine. But I still feel like if they if people have a preferred reading platform that they would rather buy books through, you're still m- potentially missing sales here because they may choose not to buy your book because just because they wanted to, to have it all in Kobo, right? Or they wanted to have it through Apple. I know that when I was when I was an iPhone user, I used Apple Books a lot. And I actually have a lot of books on my Apple device that I no longer use that I built I bought back then. And that I, you know, just I preferred to use that app. And I actually don't think I had space on my phone. It was either I didn't have space or I didn't have access. It was one of these two. But I, I didn't have access to Kindle. So a lot of my books went to to Apple. And then when I switched to an Android phone, I couldn't take the books with me. And that was also really infuriating at the time because I wanted to take the books I was reading with me and I found that I couldn't and I didn't want to have to rebuy them. Um, So I kind of had to get on my iPad 
to access those books when I wanted to read them, which was a bit of a pain because I just didn't like reading on my iPad. Uh, but it's like the same kind of thing. Like if you if you only can access a single app because you have a specific phone and then you can't take the books with you to another app, that's also where this kind of problem comes in again. Um, and so I just think it's an interesting conversation to have uh, and it's just an interesting perspective and just like a couple of different reasons why you might want to consider going wide like not only so that you don't lose all your sales if something goes wrong, but also so that your consumers are not having difficulty buying from you if this is an issue that they're facing um, and, you know, they're able to reach your work. Uh, and, and it also just helps you to just be discovered in more places. So anyway, that's basically the whole episode because it was very ranty and it's gone on for a while. But I hope you got some insights from it. Feel free to send me the hate mail through the DMs and I will graciously accept it because I know that you guys will probably have opinions about how this is like the better option for you and whatever I'm just in a really frustrated unhappy consumer right now (laughs) um but yeah I hope you found this helpful and I will see you guys in the next episode okay bye Thanks for listening to the Paperback Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there are three steps you can take to help it reach more fellow authors just like you. First, leave a review for your favorite streaming platform. It helps out like you wouldn't believe. Second, tag me on Instagram at pagan at paperback or use the hashtag the paperback podcast and share this episode. And third, Come join us in the Facebook group, the Paperback Podcast Community, where you'll be the first to hear about new episodes and you'll get an additional live training from me every month. I can't wait to hear from you and I'll chat to you in the next episode.